It definitely helps it, when you get out on stage because you've already um, practiced, you know, changing that eye gaze around um, and kind of disoriented yourself while you're dancing. Because a lot of times, like, we're just in our heads thinking about what our body is doing or we're staring at ourselves in the mirror. And Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Belladance Live podcast. I'm your host, Jana Komarnitska, and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are our regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about Belladance art form. Plus, I really like hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. You know how many guests we had previously on this podcast sharing how much their experience with BDE pushed their dance career? You can have it too. Join one of the BDE experience intensives and get the training and experience of performing in lead and ensemble roles open for Aksharki and Fusion styles. Details and training materials for the casting are available at www.joinbde.com. Direct link in the show notes, joinbde.com. I can't believe that this is our closing episode of 2023. And I am incredibly grateful for you for tuning in just as much as for our amazing guest to appear on today's episode. Please welcome Chadni, who is a professional oriental dance artist with experience of competitions and dancing all around the world. She opened her own oriental dance school in 2017 to give students easy access to her weekly in-person classes and share her unique personal style and technique on demand. Chadney was selected in 2016 as part of the international cast of Virginia's Reflections. She was handpicked by Munich Nath to dance as part of the cast Ballet International Munich Nath in Barcelona, Spain, to perform the Egypto and Barcelona in 2018 and 19. Chadney was also featured as Dorothy in Jelena's Baladin's Experience production of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. She has competed in top competitions and won many accolades as a troop member of Hippie Chicks Rocks and as a professional soloist. She is the most proud of being crowned East Coast Classic 2015 Cabaret Professional Champion and People's Choice winner in her hometown. In today's episode, you will hear about such topics as anxiety. Anxiety on many different levels, starting from why do we have anxiety of trying new things alone? For instance, uh, are you someone who was afraid or maybe now is afraid to go and take belly dance class uh, uh, just on your own, without support maybe of your friends or group of friends coming along with you. Maybe it's not about belly dance class for you, maybe you're already into belly dance, but there is something else that you kind of want someone to come over with you, but you can't find who is it, and you do have anxiety of going 
alone to do the thing that was on your mind or you're curious about. We also talked about the concept of coaching and how it's different from teaching regular private classes. We talked about competition and uh, the process of preparing for competitions and common mistakes that dancers do during such a preparation process. We also talked about performance anxiety, so not only anxiety of taking new classes, but even more common for many dancers and dance students, anxiety of performing and going on stage. And the Chadney gave such brilliant tips of how to practice in advance so that you're on, when you're on stage, even if you got nervous, even if the anxiety took over, you still visual look as if nothing is happening to your inner world at that moment. So do listen till the end. It's a brilliant tips that you can easily incorporate in your practice and they will really change the visual output of your presentations. So all this and much more as usual in our today's episode and I would be very grateful if you screenshot this episode, share it with your friends, share on social media, tag me, tag our beautiful guest and share what what resonated with you the most from this episode. And on this note, I also want to wish you all the best for upcoming 2024. Our next episode will be already in this new year and I hope to hear from you, to keep in touch with you and I hope that your dance journey will only blossom and bloom even further in this upcoming year and uh, gather us all together as a community, worldwide community, as one long beautiful experience of sharing the love, the passion and art of dance. Hello dear Chardney, how are you? So happy to hear you, to see you at uh, almost the end of 2023, one of the final interviews for this year and I'm so happy one of them will be with you at the Paladins Live podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, I'm super excited to um, be talking with you and see um, where this chat goes. <laughs> well, I definitely know where it will start because I know you <laughs> got inspiration to ballet dance from uh, popular pop star Shakira. But yes. do you remember that moment of watching her videos or performances and then clicking like, I want to dance like that? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't actually remember like watching her but I I do remember like that moment uh when I was like I want to um do that and um I had you know I was started looking up classes in my area and I saw a class like we had you know, belly dance class. Like I saw it like in a newspaper ad. It was so long ago, you know, and um, I wanted, I was too afraid to go by myself. So I was like asking my friends to come with me and months and months passed by, you know, like it never linked up. And finally I got the courage to go and take the class by myself And the moment my teacher started moving her hips, that was it. Like, I just instantly fell in love. And it's just been nonstop since. 
why uh, do you remember back then why were you afraid what exactly you were afraid of um i it's just you know like i it was just something new to try like i i always like in doing stuff like with my friends and you know i thought it would be fun to go and do it with my friends at the time but like i didn't you know like um uh, i don't know like so i just wanted them to come with me and 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 try it out with me maybe it was something fun cool we could do together and um yeah but was it something about specifically this activity or was it in general like back then it just was a habit like oh i like to hang out with my friends and go do new stuff always with someone <laughs> or it was it specifically about belly dance classes <laughs> No, it was it was just kind of like a general like habit of mine. Um and um you know, it it still feels that way like now like when I go to dance festivals and stuff, like I I want to go with my friends, so I'm like, "Hey, who wants to go?" and like it's a big or you know, like we make it a an event and all of us go together and you know, have fun together and dance and take classes and, you know, girl time. Mm. But uh, it still ended up that you decided just to do it for yourself or just for the curiosity or love or passion already back then to belly dance. Uh, what was the turning point for you? And maybe you have some thoughts because you probably meet these days or throughout your belly dance journey, you met some people who kind of curious, but they're afraid to go to the belly dance class, especially if they don't have friends. Maybe you have some thoughts to share with them, with someone who maybe now in this situation is like, I kind of want, but I'm also afraid. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think it's actually a pretty common thing to like go out and try something new because you don't really know what it is also. Like, um, you know, uh i i have a lot of anxiety in general so when i when it comes to trying something new like i sometimes have to think about it a long time <laughs> before i actually do it myself and maybe you know like i i put it off on my friend wouldn't come and do it with me but maybe it was just me you know having that anxiety to go on my own and and um get that courage to go and try it out for myself and then it's it's always never that that scary right like when you actually go and do something and you get your body starts moving and the endorphins start going and you just you you just feel good and um because you might surprise yourself like you can do it like it's also interesting to observe that uh, if you think about it things that are associated with fun and entertainment we are never really much associated with uh, solo activities it's always about group we don't really think much to go to, i don't know to cinema alone <laughs> it's always like let's right. go with friends or like i don't know to some restaurant or uh, even travel Usually it's with someone, and then when we're thinking about dance class, I guess it goes into the same um, 
same loop like in the beginning it's just for fun for us it's not necessarily i mean for some people it will be for fitness activity or for something but uh for some people it will be the goal to find friends at those activities but at the same time for people who just are like i want to go and try and see what's that it's associated in the same category as like oh fun activity entertainment so it goes into like i need someone and it's just interesting how uh often we limit ourselves with that sort of like restriction okay but what if nobody wants to I don't know, go see that specific movie <laughs> or go to that belly dance class or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you brought up a good point. Like um, just like with even like going out to eat by, by yourself, it's, it's an ordeal for me, <laughs> you know, like it, just to be like, Oh, I'm going to go to lunch and like go and sit down at a table by yourself and just have you know, lunch and, and not feel like uncomfortable doing it and just be able to sit there and relax and eat your food and not worry about somebody watching you or have an opinion about you while you're eating your food. Like in reality, nobody's watching and nobody, nobody cares, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, about you sitting there eating your lunch. And I guess at the same time, um, in a, when you go to a dance class or, you know, nobody's watching. Nobody's paying attention to you. (laughs) That sounds weird too. Like nobody's paying attention to you, but like, you know, everybody's in their own bubble and just trying to figure out their hips and their moves and, and, and they're having the same um, experience and, you know, thoughts and worries just like you know you are when you go yeah the only one who hopefully is paying attention to you is the teacher but in a good positive way (laughs) (laughs) even that can be a little intimidating too like you need the right kind of teacher that that makes you feel comfortable too while you know you're trying to figure it out and you know offer the right level of encouragement and you know check in with you and make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing (laughs) yeah that's true and as a teacher yourself uh, who taught many different classes and workshops you probably saw some students in your own classes that you kind of felt like I think that person is really shy or maybe self-conscious or nervous or maybe having this anxiety of like to feel like everyone is watching at me like from teacher perspective, uh, how do you approach those kind of situations? And uh, like, there is not right or wrong, or, or wrong here. I'm just really curious about your approach. Do you do anything uh, special in these situations when you see such students, or do you usually just leave them alone to you know like be in their own space and uh, and find their own spot? How do you approach when you see someone among your students who you feel like oh they're really really maybe nervous right now because of the social aspect of being in the class? Um, so usually like, let's say like I, it's a new class, new students that come in. Um, like when they come in, I kind of try to like, um, welcome them and just kind of have like a small conversation with everybody just to see kind of what their expectation is. Um, 
of the class and what they're trying to get out of it. And a lot of times you get a lot of information, you know, about who they are and what they're looking for. Like they'll come in and they'll be like, Hey, I'm just here to have some fun. I saw, you know, or they're like, Hey, I saw this person dancing and I'm really interested and, you know, want to really get into it. And, um, and, you know, level up my dance or, <clears throat> and as the class goes on, you sometimes you, you like, even just like with a little bit of, um, a corrective, like feedback, like being like, Hey, you know, shift your foot or, you know, align your hip under here. Or, and you can get a sense of whether they want that or not. and how they respond, you know, like body language. Um, cause a lot of times, like if they're really into it or they really want to try or they want space, they'll be like, okay, they'll, in general, they'll tell you, I feel like, um, and you just kind of have to listen for it. And you'll have those students that just, you know, they just, they're just there and they would just want to dance and they, And most of the times, those are the most, like, the students that always show up, like, they come and they just have fun and, and they don't really care about the technique or doing it right. And they just want to just be there with, with the class and having a good time. But it's an, a, a very important tip for teachers and a reminder that one of many roles we have to be not only dancers, not only teachers, but also to some point uh, psychologists <laughs> figuring out <laughs> yeah. what each person needs in the class. <laughs> what they want and what they're trying to get out of it. Yeah. But I've, I found like, you know, you can, they pretty much tell you. And sometimes you have to figure it out, but I, I think giving um, them space, but also like finding that balance of trying to keeping them including, included, just, you know, saying, hey, like saying their name or being like, that looks good. Like, girl, them hips are working, you know, like <laughs> some nice uh just words to just keep them engaged and know that you do see them and you know when they're ready that you're there since we already start talking about teaching i kind of want slightly jump forward and ask you about 2017 because in 2017 you decided to open your own school so uh -huh. from that first class when you were just came there for fun <laughs> overcoming your nervousness of like going alone without your friends to the point when you actually decide to open your school where have you been at that moment in your life and how did you feel about dance or maybe we can dive a little bit back like uh, how fast was the decision that you want ballet dance be not just a fun hobby but actually part of your activity, professional activity, uh, where exactly it came in the timeline of your dance training and why specifically, what was that 
point that you decided, okay, I want to have my own thing. I want to have my own students, my own school, that in 2017, you decided to start teaching in your school, in your studio. That's such a tough question. <laughs> it's actually two questions, to be honest. I put them in one. <laughs> Let's start with the first one. How, how so quickly weird. you fell in love with ballet dance so much that you decided that you don't want just to have it as a hobby, but you want to actually do it, even if not right away the like you know big main profession, but like a side gig, but actually have it as a part of professional activity. When was how was that transition, or how did thought occur? Was it your first class that you decided, or was it later in your life? <laughs> so. That's that's a tricky question for me because um, I think it was just kind of like progressive buildup to that point. Um, as far as teaching, for me, I had a lot of push from my community that they wanted me to start classes and start teaching. And I was, you know, um, I had a belly dance studio that I started out with body works by, um, Chandani. Um, the studio ended up closing down and dancers kind of didn't have, the dance studio anymore and there were teachers in the community that were teaching um but they were kind of looking for you know a new teacher per se or you know dance classes more belly dance classes and so you know i started they started nudging at me hey chutney you should start teaching and I was like, finally, they, they convinced me. <laughs> and um, I started looking around, you know, trying to find a studio to teach out of. And um, where I was located, there was seven major cities. And pretty much you can get anywhere like 15, 20 minutes in between the seven cities. So I was trying to... But we did have like these huge bridge tunnels and it could take hours to get where you needed to go, depending on traffic. But anyways, <laughs> um, I was trying in different areas of trying to figure out where to teach, you know, so I was, you know, in one city and, you know, classes, I may have like three people show up or, you know, I would go to another city and I would have five people show up. And then the next time it'd be maybe 10 and then it would be like three. And I was just like, I don't know how I can make this sustainable. Um, you know, as a teacher and, but I just kept doing it and, and doing it. And, um, eventually like I, I had like a core of maybe like 10 students, you know, that would come regularly and, you know, they, they wanted to dance teacher and they really enjoyed my classes. And so, um, 
they sustained <laughs> they sustained my 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 dance career and and really supported me and um i have to say like it was my dance my my dance community that really pushed me as a teacher and and really um transformed me as a dancer because um i had to you know I started traveling more and taking workshops with more teachers so that I would have content to like teach my students. And, um, and then the whole COVID thing came along and everything started going online. And um, I was inspired by a lot of other teachers, you know, um, putting their content online. And so I started doing my own online classes. I tried doing an online platform that kind of went into the, <laughs> into the dust somewhere. Um, I'm hope to revive that one day, but um, yeah, that's kind of how that, progressed so the online classes you were doing uh, like the zoom or pre-recorded like uh, uh was it the material both. that is both mm -hmm. it was um both so i was mostly doing like zoom classes like having online um the studio that i was teaching at for um pretty much long time uh the roof fell in and <laughs> oh wow <laughs> so i wasn't able to yeah so that kind of like dwindled away too and then covid happened and then i started teaching online and um a lot of the my students that came in person didn't transfer online you know, they just kind of, it, it was more, um, about that connection mm -hmm. and they weren't getting it from the zoom classes. So I kind of, um, I gained new students online that were kind of a little bit more, uh, more like, um, I wouldn't say like um, die hard, but like, you know, they were just a little bit more into like, it wasn't more for fun. Like they, they wanted to learn, like they were, you know, training, they wanted that training for like, um, to get, they were more into dance as, rather than social yeah. group, right? That's what. Uh, yes, uh, yes. There uh -huh. we go. Thank you. <laughs> no uh -huh. Yeah, it's one of the struggles of online learning, like especially in the beginning. Uh, I mean, in the very beginning of pandemic, I think when everyone switched, it was like, okay, there's no other solution. This is temporary. Let's still go. People were even managing to teach group choreographies like somehow it was amazing to hear about different experiences but with time as time go a lot of students they fall back and stop attending classes because <clears throat> online education wanting or not it does have a uh it does rely on 
importance of self-discipline or not even self-discipline or when it's spark of self-motivation of why reminding students why you still do it even if you don't have like social support of someone standing right next to you physically in the room or as a teacher so it gets a bit tricky with time for teachers to get creative like okay how to present how to hook students or just to switch to students who are already more like in the topic of dance and who are actually getting excited about all these possibilities of reaching out to teachers who otherwise maybe not reachable geographically to them to go and attend live classes with those teachers. So I guess it, it's transitioned from one to another. But I know that these days uh, you're offering um, also not only typical like dance classes, but you're also offering coaching for dancers. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about that. What do you see as a concept of coaching uh for dancers what it is and uh, how different it is from regular dance class um what i enjoy as for me uh, um the coaching i like to do or that um i help uh dancers with is um more of like competitive coaching, like they want to do competitions or um, let's say they have a big dance opportunity coming up and they want to have a piece that's really, you know, reflective of them and um, uh and they just want to put their best foot forward and dig into the musicality of their piece that they're working on. And um, these are, this is what I find that they reach out to me mostly for is, you know, mm. uh, those two um, topics, basically. Um, I used to do a lot of competitions in the past. So, um uh, yeah. I was just about to mention that with your list of competition awards, you are the person to ask for competition advice. But how would it be different, like coaching? Like, okay, um, oh, let's let's take an example. Like, someone reaches to you, uh, to ask for competition coaching. How does it mm -hmm. look on practice? Like, what is going on there? What are the parts or elements of this coaching or stages or steps like what actually is happening like what the person can expect when she considers reaching like oh maybe i should contact chadney and get some help with my competition preparation so um we talk about uh, what i like to do is um just kind of figure out the dancer's style of dance and um, we talk about what competitions kind of um, work with their style. Does that make sense? Like, for um, example. So, for example, let's say um, I think dancers should choose competitions that um, their dance style is um similar to who is judging mm -hmm. 
because judges tend to um, like dancers that have their style. Like, so let's say, a, <laughs> let's say a dancer dances American cabaret style because I, I coach a lot of U.S. dancers and they're like looking at competitions in the U.S., I would tell them not to do a competition, let's say, in Miami, where they generally have Egyptian um, uh, judges there. I would say do something more up north where the judges um, would be more of an American cabaret style that can appreciate your dance style and... Um, score you accordingly but why not to maybe adapt what you're dancing according to the competition or the judges in the competition like because your approach is slightly different it's like choose competitions <laughs> not not work on your performance <laughs> right yeah i wouldn't do that because then you're not truly dancing um uh like you shouldn't have to change how you dance as a dancer to appease judges. Does that make sense? Like, I, I think it's more, more important to find a competition that fits your style vice changing your dance to fit the judging. Mm -hmm. it's interesting because I totally agree with it and then at some mm -hmm. point uh, contradicting myself I'm like wait but we go to competition to learn and to get feedback and to show best and to excel and to obviously push ourselves forward and pushing ourselves forward is getting out of our comfort boat like zone um, zone of comfort so right like why then not? So it's like, you know, it's yes, but it's an interesting subject again here, like, because there is always these two parallels here going on. Yeah. Um, yes, I definitely believe. Um, so like if you, and it also depends on your goals too. Like, like you said, like if you're going there to get good feedback, Pick a competition that, you know, you're going to get good feedback. Pick one that has, um, uh, they do vocal recording of the judges in real time. So while you're dancing, they're, they're, they're giving you vocal feedback. Or, you know, pick one that you know that that's where the core value is, is in those notes. Um, you know, if you're going there to, you want to win, right um pick one that you know your dances your dance style aligns with the judges because if it doesn't align for the judges it 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 your chances of winning go down and um you know unfortunately that's just that's kind of how it goes so i think it's really important as a competitor to think about stuff like that ahead of time like who am I as a dancer what is my style what is it that I want to accomplish 
And this is stuff that we, you know, discuss when we're coaching and, and, um, you know, and I just try to guide them in the right direction as to which, which, which competition would be suitable for them, mm-hmm. you know, because there's so many competitions and um, it's hard to navigate the 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 competition scene and you know and some dancers are just like you know what I just want to perform <laughs> because you know like they can't get a performance spot and they're just like let me sign up for this competition so I can get on the stage and 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 show my art and and share a little piece of me yeah that's and that's okay too and after the competition is chosen, let's say you decided with a uh, uh, person whom you're coaching, okay, like this competition may be good. And then it's a preparation starts. What do you see or what do you think is the most common mistakes in the process of preparing for competition? In the process of preparing. Um, I think it's the simple things like, um, like costuming, um, not, um, matching what you're dancing to, um, it selecting the wrong music for the category you're in um just like simple things like that like um not looking up the competition rules um i've seen where you know there's competitions where they require you to to use your own work and you decide to use somebody else's choreography and then you get disqualified where, you know, just taking, looking at the rules and making sure um, you're following the rules. Um, there's, you know, making sure you're in the right competition category to signing up for the right category. Um, yeah. Have you ever worked with a dancer where you created choreography because having personalized choreographies it becomes uh, uh, bigger and bigger like it, it has been for already for a while a topic in ballet dance uh, uh, arena and uh, one of the areas where performers would want to have someone else someone more experienced let's say create choreographies for them it's for competition um And some competitions will allow, some will not allow. But in the process of creating choreography for some other dancers, and especially if you know it's for competition, I don't know if you have ever agreed to do anything like that, or do you just work with dancers and helping them to master their own piece? I just, um, I did once um, help a dance, uh, create something for a dancer, and um, she never ended up competing um, mm. using the choreography. Well, she just didn't end up competing in general or 
Um, we never really um, worked on it together, but, you know, they approached me and asked for me to choreograph something for them. And um, I, I don't really know what would happen, but I feel like um, you kind of lose the essence of yourself when you use someone else's choreography. I know it's a great tool to like um, uh, to develop your own dance. Um, you know, it helps, you know, how it helps your brain kind of put together how to put the steps together and transition in between the sections of the music. It helps grow your musicality. Um, but when it's, I, for me, like personally, I like, I feel like the whole they say make it your own, but for me, like I, it's, it's not very personal. Like it can look good. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's not a good thing or I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, normally when I, I work with dancers and it's, them working on their own work and they reach out to me and they're, you know, we work on musicality and just, you know, all the, just putting in, putting something together that represents them. You had your own huge experience with competitions and a lot of successful competitions. Um, do you remember, have you ever got nervous and that performance anxiety, especially when we're talking about competitions, or you manage to approach it for yourself very, like, you know, not necessarily calm because we may get performance anxiety anytime or excitement, let's say, anytime. Uh, but for you, in your own experience, did you feel difference in the level of nervousness when it's just regular performance or when it was for competition? Um, it's the same for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Anytime I get out on the stage, it's, it's that same, um, kind of like adrenaline and nervousness and self, um, doubt that like starts like knocking on your, your, your head, like, Hey, it's me. I'm here again. <laughs> We're about to do this. Why are we doing this? And then, you know, yeah. We just said, get out there and do it. And <laughs> <laughs> just get out there and do it. The music starts and there's no going back. You just go. And you probably work on this topic a lot with people who come for coaching, for competition coaching. And I bet many of them said, oh, but for competition, it's even worse. 
uh, because you know you're literally judged <laughs> during competition, at least by a group of people who are there to judge. Uh, but in a good way, and at the same time, our brain, but it's still judging. So it's very difficult to conquer all those. Do you give any tips or suggestions, maybe from your own practice, or maybe you can remember now a specific case for, that you've thought, oh, for this person, this little tip may work, how to calm this nervousness uh, uh, just before going on stage? Um. So I think it's, important like in preparation before you even get on the stage um I have I use my dog stuffed animals and I line them up in different areas in front of me and I perform for them hmm. and I make eye contact with my stuffed animals <laughs> the you know the stuffing hanging out and one has like half an eyeball and you know I I I pretend you know um uh they're my audience and um it's really helped me in making a connection when I dance and um sometimes <laughs> Sometimes I, I think about my stuffed animals when I'm, <laughs> when I'm dancing on stage. Like, I'd be like, hey, Mr. Fuzzy. <laughs> um, and before, you know, like on the actual day of performance and before I go out, I always just try and, and, and set an intention before I go out on the stage. Um, and a lot of times it's just something as simple as I want to be present today in this performance, or um, I want to remember everything I plan to do, mm -hmm. <laughs> or I want to have fun, or I just, I want to let go and breathe. Mm. That's a good one. And it's, one. I really just, liked it. <laughs> Important you know, one. Just, just just something simple just one one thing that i want to put on the stage when i when i get out there but i love your tip about putting around a pretend audience for your performance because uh, you're basically doing two things at once first you are practicing in a uh, safe and friendly to your nerves environment like with something that you like and it can be whatever it can be like uh, uh, some toys or uh, miniatures or I don't know uh, paper hearts <laughs> or anything you put around and you practice not looking down on the floor not uh -huh. looking in yourself in the mirror because when you're on stage right. you don't have a mirror you don't see yourself yeah. and you may be completely lost but you are practicing and training body memory of lift your face look at this side look at that toy look at that i don't know uh red heart on the side wall like make an eye contact there so you are mechanically practicing not only your dance movements but your uh mimic movements too and then when you're on stage you can just imagine again that environment. Regardless, do you mm -hmm. see people in front of you? It's darkness and you don't see it, but you still can 
uh, as a let's say background flash memory to have this image like oh yeah there was this little uh, kitty toy on the side or whatever else like you imagine and practice at home and you automatically in that moment of choreography let's say you look there and it creates it helps to warm up uh, and calm down your nerves literally on stage because you are not only in the physical space but you're also in your imaginary memory space of feeling cool and and relaxed dancing at home that's a very cool thing. yeah yeah um it definitely helps um it, when you get out on stage because you've already um practiced you know changing that eye gaze around um and kind of disoriented yourself while you're dancing because a lot of times like we're just in our heads thinking about what our body is doing or we're staring at ourselves in the mirror and then once the mirror goes away you don't realize how much of a tool it is um and kind of like when you go to a dance workshop and you're like, yeah, I got this. And the teacher's like, okay, we're going to turn this way. And it just like, you forget everything, right? <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. You don't realize you're using a, that cue of that wall being in front of you or that mirror straight in front of you. Um, so, you know, a lot of times when I practice two of my stuffed animals, like I will turn and, and face different walls to, to, start my performance like okay back wall left wall and that helps with orientation too because when you get on stage you never know if you're gonna have to enter left or enter right or you know where the stage is gonna be and then you're a lot calmer performer when you're prepared for those things and you can just get out on the stage and 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 be you and share a little of you but talking about um it, the stuffed animals on Instagram one day, I saw a lady, she posted um, that she was like a public speaker and she would post, like print out these pictures of audiences, right? And they had like bored, like uninterested faces and she would tape it on the wall and she would, you know, project she was like I mean because that's generally how your audience <laughs> you know when you're dancing like they look you know they their their faces are resting you know they're not always like happy and and clapping and you have to like dance through that and just um keep engaging and emoting and I thought that was like the coolest thing and I was like I'm gonna do that I'm gonna add the the bored and unenthused audience to the wall. I haven't done it yet, but I thought it was a really cool tip. I absolutely love it. We should do a collection of ballad dance memes with a bored or grumpy audience members and pass around as a, okay, I know the new, okay, we are doing a new product for business. We are doing, instead of like, you know, tarot cards or something like that, we are going to do a cards of board members or like audience members that you can put around <laughs> and practice and get on stage really secure after. I think it's going to be a, a bestseller of 2020. A bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was genius. I was like, oh, you know, I mean, I have weird, you know, stuffed animals looking at 
me, but I just thought that was just genius to just have like bored, happy. You could print out some happy, someone sleeping in an audience <laughs> and, and, and tape them up around you. So you're prepared to see all those things happening. Have you ever had experience of actually performing to an audience that you felt was really cold? Because sometimes we know like, okay, they just relaxed or they don't know what to do with their face. But sometimes it feels like, okay, it was really wrong. Have you ever had experience uh, of performing to such audience? And uh, if yes, how did you dealt with it like did it get to you or you knew how to process it and and go with it afterwards like um (laughs) the answer is yes (laughs) and it usually happens with these like marathon shows and like you're like one of the last performers of the night and everybody's tired ready to go home and they've already seen like 80 dancers and you have to get on stage and be 81 (laughs) and literally they're sleeping like you know like I've I've danced where like someone in a front row like is sleeping and (laughs) and you know and they just look exhausted and ready to go to bed and waiting for the show to be over and um you just you know it I think most of the time I'm just kind of set in my intention. And then when I go out there and I feel the energy, like sometimes in my head, I have this whole like, oh my gosh, like what is happening? These people are ready to go to, like I literally have had these conversations in my head while I'm dancing. So it's really hard to like connect with your dance. And I'm like, this if I'm having this conversation, I totally got to be, um, you know, not connected with my dance and look terrible, you know, like you get off dance off the stage and you're like, oh my gosh, that was so terrible. Um, but, um, in hindsight, it's, it's always okay. Like your dance always, you know, like it, it feels cold and you you keep going and you dance. I mean, you can't just stop dancing like because somebody's snoring in the, <laughs> in the front row. So, yeah, I don't really have any tips or ways to combat that. You just got to keep keep moving, keep dancing and and try try your best to stay connected with your dance. Yeah, not to forget why your first play, place go on stage. And then remember that usually it looks not as bad as you have in your mind or in your brain. <laughs> Thinking, oh, it was so bad. <laughs> right. Have you, have you ever experienced that? Yeah, I had uh, in different environments. Um, but it was helping to understand to whom I'm performing. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes in, like around the world, you will go to a dance event and, uh, you may be perceived as, uh, oh, who is that? Or, you know, with that coldness sometimes. So sometimes there is like little tiredness, but that's kind of like, that never 
like bother me it's it's upsetting because of course you prepare it you want people to really pay attention you want full room beyond people and then suddenly you're at the end of the event that half of the people just didn't survive and already went to bed <laughs> to sleep but it's kind of understandable and sometimes they had situation that it was called audience both in dance community uh and in non-dance community sometimes in a club or a restaurant but again it helps to understand uh, uh what exactly the event and the circumstances what is causing like what people how they see why they see etc but it also helps not to analyze too much to go into that because it's about seeing not every single performance as a stand alone thing but as a sequence like okay it's not like all performances are like that like some yes, but some no. And pay more attention to warm. It's definitely mostly like, I don't know, 99, 95%. It's really cool and warm. So to pay attention to those. And sometimes you will have some cranky, funky people in the audience, let's say. So so what? That that happens. That, that's not in your control. It's out of your control who actually comes and what's their attitude and approach to it. Uh, but yeah. Like, it's just not to let yourself stay too long uh, in that, like, down moment. Maybe, like, you know, for a little bit because it gets to you sometimes. But understand that, okay, move on, next one. <laughs> and definitely next one will be great. So just not to stuck on that. Um, I also want to ask about your personal dance journey uh, because... Um, since you started doing ballet dance, I know you were traveling a lot. You got very passionate as a continuous uh, student yourself, traveling around, but also you were teaching, which we discussed uh, your teaching path, how it also helped and motivated you to grow and your development as a teacher career. But last, what, four years uh, had a lot of shifts in all dancers' lives. Uh, one of them was... Um, shift to online environment that we also discussed but i also know that during recent time you had a couple transitions from one city to another and it's changing general in your life and settling so how do you see your relationships with dance right now what is your main focus in your dance activities right now at this moment with uh, also recent transition, relatively recent transition to a different environment, different city, but also uh, in general, and maybe some, I don't know if you're some person who has, uh, like, who's setting up, like, okay, goals for the next year or dreams for the next year or anything like that, but if yes, like, if you don't mind sharing, like, what is your current focus and what is your focus of, like, near dense the, the direction of uh, near dense development, I would put it this way. Ah, this is <laughs> this is so complex because I I feel like I'm in a um like a weird stage right now since I've moved to Florida. Um, I was, uh, when I first moved here, it happened really fast. Um, I had, my husband and I had planned to move down here 
for a while and um, it started getting a little bit more serious. I have family like my parents and my brother live down here. And um, so we wanted to come down and be near family. And so and in my non-dance life, I um, do heart ultrasounds and I had applied for a position. I was like, Hun, you know, like if I see something, should I, should I do it? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That same week a job popped up and um, I applied for it. A week later, I was moving like mm-hmm. that fast and was in my new job in three week period. Like I put in my two weeks, like it just happened so fast. Um, there was no, no plan. Like my husband was still like back in Virginia and I had moved to Florida and was staying with my parents and, um, they were able, um, to provide me a space in her home for me to continue my classes. And then, you know, my husband came and then we moved into our own home and, um, I am working on getting my room together and um, it's could it, it you know like it's changed like I've 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 been thinking really hard like what is it that I want to do with dance like what is it where do I want um to do next and I'm still trying to figure that out and um you know like here there's a a dance community as a small dance community and I don't I've played around with whether or not I want to start classes here and you know starting starting classes from scratch is hard (laughs) super super hard and I'm just like I don't know if I'm in that place in my life where I want to dedicate like we just walked through a festival, like a downtown holiday light festival last night, and they had open stages. And I was like, do I see myself on a holiday festival stage trying to promote dance classes to the community, you know, and walking around and, and passing out my business cards? Like, I'm, these are like thoughts that are going in my head. Like, what does dance look like for Chudney? Um, since I change jobs my last job I was able to travel whenever I wanted um I had a lot of flexibility now I have to um earn time off so like I only have certain amount of time you know that I can take off so now I can't I'm restricted on events that I can travel to things that I want to do like all these you know, um, group like Jelena's, you know, BDE, you know, they take weeks, two weeks training and, you know, um, 
I'm no longer in a position where I can do those things. So, um, yeah, like it's changed a lot for me and just trying to figure out how to, um, where Chudney's dance is going, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I've had, you know, um, organizers reach out to me and they're like, Hey, I'd love for you to come teach. And I, and I have to say no, because I can't, I can't take off from work now. Or I, you know, like if I come, I'm like, Hey, I have to tr travel on a Saturday and then I got to go back on Sunday and it, it, it doesn't work. So I'm, I'm restricted a whole lot more and I'm just trying to figure it out. Yeah, I imagine you know? stuff like then uh, <laughs> you want to do one thing, but you have certain limitations and you need to do another thing. I guess I'm very lucky to catch your uh, beautiful performance in uh, Cairo a few months ago, like this summer at Ayam Zaylam Chorus, where you were one of the uh, featured teachers and uh, beautiful, you had a beautiful presentation there. Uh, but I hope it will uh, sort out uh, everything soon and uh, settle down and give you that these changes will give you new opportunities and open new doors even maybe those that you don't even realize yet oh there they are <laughs> thank you yeah I hope so too like I wish I I had some like beautiful amazing plans <laughs> lined up for next year but I'm just I am just trying to figure it out like how you know, how does dance look for Chudney coming up in, in the next year? And um, just taking time to thoughtfully think about how I can um, you know, be continue to, you know, teaching and, and, and um, sharing this art the way that it should be well definitely no need to apologize uh, like you don't <laughs> have to have grandiose plans and we don't have to be uh, i don't know super men or super women uh, here all the time <laughs> crushing it and i really appreciate you sharing it as it is like uh, i guess we caught you in this moment of transition which is both uh, uh, scary and exciting because uh, it always brings something new but uh, thank you so much for being so open just to share this as it is uh, because i'm sure many people can relate and it's usually those periods of times that we typically try to kind of not show, not share, because it's very vulnerable and you don't really know and you kind of have something, had something, have some ideas, but you don't know if they are possible and maybe there is something else. Like it's a lot of uncertainty and uh, uh, it takes courage to sometimes say like, I don't know yet, I'm still figuring out. <laughs> so thank you so much. And I'm sure many listeners can uh, also appreciate and relate to it either at this current moment of their life or they definitely remember or they will remember this interview whenever they get to this point of life. I was like, I don't know what's going on and what will happen. So thank you so much for that and for your openness <laughs> yeah um you know like that's I think that's also like the the beauty of dance or 
in general, like this journey just takes you in so many directions, the longer that you do it, like it's never, it's never a straight path. It, you know, there's ups, there's downs, you know, sometimes you're hot, sometimes you're not. And, um, sometimes, you know, you, you take space and, and, um, figure it out what it is that you need to um, be your best self. That's so true. Well, for our listeners, can you share, please, where they can follow your uh, current and upcoming dance uh, um, adventures or dance steps and see how your dance journey unfolds from now on? Like, what is your, maybe, I don't know, favorite social media or maybe any other resource, how they can contact you for those who want some coaching uh, from you in online uh, space or um any ways to follow your activities and contact you? <laughs> yeah, um, I I am most active on Instagram, and you can find me on there at Chudney Rocks, um, and um, through my website at chudneyrocks.com are great ways. Um, uh, my website has all the my coaching information, and if you just want to chat with me to see if I'm the right fit for you, then we can have a little chat. Well, I'll definitely add links to the show notes so for everyone it's easy to uh, find and connect with you. And uh, um, before I ask our final question, I once again want to thank you for taking time and sharing and being so awesome and so open and so have this uh, uh, very interesting and very uh, honest and sincere discussion here today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for um, uh, inviting me to come and chat with you. And um, yeah. Well, <laughs> I also feel it would be a great way to summarize our interview with the question which I anyway ask at the end of interview because it's our traditional question of the podcast. But I think it would be a great summary and kind of like loop back and maybe an invitation to think and feel deeper on this subject. But the question is, what makes you fall in love with belly dance, with oriental dance, again and again, so you keep doing it for so many years? Um, I would say... It's the connection, the connection of the dance, um, uh, just, I've, I've, <sighs> so hard, <laughs> just, um, the connection with the people that you meet and dance with the connection with the dance and your body and your movements. Um, it, it, Oriental dance just had just a special way of just connecting you in so many different ways, just culturally and spiritually. It just grabs you in so many ways. And, you know, um, I mean, 
I haven't stopped since. <laughs> I I don't plan to. I might be in limbo, but I don't plan to either. This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, bringing more consistency and more fun into your dance training online. Check it out at yanadanceclub.com, direct link in the show notes. And before you leave, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends, as well as leave a review on iTunes or any other app you're using to listen to the show. The more people know about this podcast, the easier it is for me to bring even more awesome guests. Until next time, keep shimming and keep dancing.